Hey friends, uh, it's Adam from Filibuster. I wanted to jump in before the show started um, to to say goodbye to uh, Big Rob, Rob Gillespie, passed away on Sunday night um, peacefully in his sleep. Uh, he had been fighting a years-long battle with several types of cancer and finally succumbed. Uh, he is a huge reason that DC United support and MLS support is what it is today. And he was a true, true friend to so many people in the DC United community. And he is going to be deeply, deeply missed by anyone who ever had any interaction with him. However small he, he was the kind of person who made an imprint on your life. Uh, he was larger than life in so many ways. Uh, and, and I'm going to miss him. And I know, uh, I speak for a lot of people here at Filibuster and at Black and Red United when, when I say that we are all going to to miss him. Um, he leaves behind a 14-year-old son named Marco, who I think um, it is our responsibility now as as the village to step up and help out with Marco, who, who lost his dad. Um, and to that end, in the show notes this week, there's a link to a GoFundMe to that will go to Marco's legal guardians now to support him. And I I hope if you have the means that you will consider donating generously to that, to, to help one of our own. Um, So uh, with that out of the way, I let's start the show. Filibuster received sponsorship from the Ehrlich Law Office, Discrimination, Wage, and Litigation Solutions for Northern Virginia and the District of Columbia. They want you to know that your rights matter, you deserve to be free from harassment, and you deserve to work. They cover workplace discrimination and wage theft, non-competition and non-solicitation litigation, civil rights, takings and disability, and a lot more. For a free consultation, go to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster. I'm Adam Taylor. I'm joined, as always, by Ben Bromley and Jason Anderson. We are all from blackandredunited.com, where we talk about DC United. Uh, tonight, we've got, uh, uh, unfortunately, a loss to break down um, here. DC United had a disappointing week uh, going down to Fort Lauderdale to draw CF Montreal. I promise it makes sense. Uh scoreless draw there uh we talked about that a little bit on the last episode where we also previewed the nyc game so if you want to hear a breakdown of that uh pretty quick yeah if you if you really want to punish yourself go back uh in your podcast feed and listen to that uh tonight though we'll be breaking down the two to one loss to nycfc and then in our next episode we will have Kristen knolls from the vocal minority on to preview dc united at Toronto FC. That game will happen Saturday at 5.30 on Buzzard Point. If you can't make it down to Audi Field, watch it on NBC Sports Washington, Teleexitos, DCUnited.com, or ESPN+. Plus. Really, really, whatever your favorite flavor is, watch it there. Um, Before we get to NYCFC tonight, though, Jason, what are you drinking? 
Uh, I finished off my thirst monsters that I think I've talked about, like in multiple previews and podcasts. I mean, deservedly uh, so. And you only had the one thirst monster, right? No, it's a full six pack. Like, like as with all beers, uh, or most beers, sometimes uh, four packs are becoming more common now. But multiple beers, I did not buy a single beer and then nurse it for nigh on. Yeah, two but weeks. you did. I did not, in fact, do that. I don't even know that. I I don't think that's a beer that you can buy a single can of. Um, so, well, the, we can't, but you can. Uh, I is can't. The thirst doctor is, is the thirst monster nicknamed Mad Dog by chance. Uh, no, it's just a monster. I don't think it has a name. Uh, it looks, it, it's a Kolsch, so it's relatively German. I'm talking about, we're talking a lot about a drink that I am not drinking, uh, is the whole <laughs> point of this uh, story. Uh, I found a very good deal on cans of Sapporo. Uh, and so Can. I'm drinking Sapporo. Okay. Ben, it's what are you drinking fine. tonight? I am having a uh, truly lemonade Um they have a lemonade series of, of seltzers, and uh, I'm having the uh, watermelon uh, lemonade variety because my wife hates lemonade, uh, hates watermelon, and so I'm I'm taking one for the team and drinking those ones for her. And how is it? Eh, it's fine. Okay, it's a seltzer that tastes like watermelon-ish. I've got hold the watermelon, but I've got the. Um kind of the cocktail equivalent of that i'm drinking a tom collins tonight um i we we ran out of limes so i i couldn't make a ricky or or something along those lines so i just rummaged through the fridge and i found half a lemon i said all right tom collins it is uh smashed up a sugar cube squeezed the lemon poured the gin lots of ice and club soda it's a refreshing beverage which i need because my uh air conditioning is not keeping up right now so uh, this is is very helpful tonight as we record this. Um, it's going to help me get through this segment, I think. We'll see. DC United took an early lead on Sunday in New Jersey, but crumbled late on the road against NYCFC. Again, two, two games in a row where DC United just went on the road and just kind of mix and matched stadiums and opponents. Uh, they ultimately fell two to one. On a stoppage time, full field solo run by Tiago Andrade, a Brazilian 20-year-old who uh, seems likely to do very well in MLS if the early returns are any indication. We'll get to that play in a little bit, I'm sure. But let's start things off on a happier note. Nigel Roberta opened his scoring, opened the scoring in the game, opened his account with DC United, possibly also opened a hole in space time because he hit the ball so dang hard on that mm. goal beating Sean Johnson at the near post in the upper V. Um, great goal by him. Took, took down a long pass from Moses Nyman, which we'll, we'll talk about. Beat his defender and just smashed it with his left foot, no less. Yeah, uh, and, you know, good work from him. He sets that play up uh, probably off screen in most of the replays. But um, the reason that he is so open and Moses Nyman, when he picks his head up, he's the reason why Nyman is able to be like, yes, that is the option I want, is because Roberto's already done a lot of the work to get away from Maxime Cheneau, give himself enough space and the ability to be at higher speed. You know, Cheneau is still sort of trotting backwards in that moment. Roberto's got the advantage because he's on the run. So he did a lot of the smart work early uh, to set himself up to get that space. Um, it's great to see Nyaman add uh, this kind of pass uh, to his repertoire. I think 
it's been there, uh, the skill for that, the vision, um, and it really comes down to seeing it in time. Um, and he saw it pretty early in the moment. So uh, pretty pretty much, I, I think it, I hope I hope it's the pass of the week for Matt Doyle. I, I haven't seen his uh, column on it yet. It's um, not. John uh, Luca Busio got it for one of his not uh, interested driving driving <laughs> passes. Yeah, disinterested. Um, should have been Nyman. Sorry, Matt. Um, I haven't seen the pass, so I can't actually say for sure. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, it's it's a great pass. Roberta does the work to to open up that opportunity, and then. Um, to see him finish with that kind of power uh, is, is really impressive. Um, the last couple of times he's played kind of the, the issue has been like, okay, he's working hard. Where's the, where's the danger here? Like there's a lot of work going into this, but there's not necessarily a lot of threat, much less final product. This is how you show everyone like, well, this is the danger. <laughs> this is what I can do. Um, I will say the rest of his game kind of went back to that norm of not necessarily being all that much of a factor. Uh, but this was maybe the kind of moment DC has lacked a little bit, that ability to turn a relatively not dangerous situation. You know, the ball is 70 something yards, 80 something yards away from NYCFC's goal when Nyman, uh gets his head up. Uh, turning that situation into genuine danger is really, really important. Uh, if this wants to be a team that's effective in transition, it doesn't just need to be you know, the 15 to 20 yard forward pass, sometimes you need to be able to go over everyone. Um, and adding that in and getting the execution right at the end of it, uh, I think will send uh, something of a message. It, it Now, a goal like that, now other teams have to say, it's one more DC thing that they've got to say, what are we going to do about that? Because we can't let that happen to us either. Yeah, and I, I love to see Moses Nyman hit this pass too. 40 yards over the top, just on a dime, just put it on Roberta's foot. Like you said, I I don't know who else on DC in the midfield can actually can hit that ball necessarily, at least with any regularity. I know Knaus and, and Fleet Bay are both very skilled. Um, I don't know if either of them sees or makes that pass in in this context. So I I'm I might got really hot. I'm sorry. So I'm I'm really happy to see Moses develop that uh, as well. Um, Unfortunately, after that, NYCFC started asserting themselves more um, and actually pinned DC United back for, for a big chunk of the second half in this one. And it's it, it's really the first time that we've seen DC United be pinned back like that and the other team just dominate possession and create chances. Um, first time under Losada this year that we've we've seen anything like that. Ben, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, it... Um... It, it sucked, uh, obviously. <laughs> it was interesting because obviously, uh, that, and we'll get to more of the injuries in a little bit, but Moses Nyman went off er, uh, in the uh, uh, mid to late first half. Uh, as as far as I've seen, there hasn't been a reason given uh, why he went off. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe he just went too hard in that, in that opening, uh, uh, 35 minutes and just burned himself out. Maybe he picked up a knock. I don't, I don't know if we know yet. Um, it was but, real, it was real hot. It could have been a heat and hydration issue. We, yeah. we just don't know. Right. Exactly. Uh, and, and I mean, that could also be part of, of why they, um, uh, got pinned back. Also, they, they did a little 
different. Uh, uh, they they went out a little different. They didn't try and press as hard because it was so hot. They played a kind of uh, mid block and invited more pressure than they had uh, in the first couple of games. And I think like like we've talked about, I think that was because it was so hot and they know uh, Hernan Losada knew they needed to do something uh, a little different. And they were uh, uh, 10 minutes away from it paying off. Uh, and so uh, I think it made sense uh, in that regard. And so it's good. It, on the one hand, it's, we'll get into the breakdowns and why it failed, but it's also good to see that Hernan Losada can uh, switch things up. He's not just married to one system. And uh, if not for those dastardly kids, we would have gotten away with it. Okay. I, I do want to add, cause Ben, Ben's making a good point here about um, one of the things DC changed in this game. Um, and we've talked about before when, er, especially early in the season against Columbus, the game, this is the game Losada talked the most about it. Um, the idea of that when it when the formation is more three four two one, forming that box with the two attacking midfielders, two cent- and two defensive midfielders, forming that box to apply pressure to anyone that that tries to come into that box. In this game, if you look at how they set up, really from the kickoff, uh, one of the great the, one of the best ways to look at this was right from kickoff. Um, they set they set a box up again, but this time it was Ariola and Roberta as forwards, and then Nyaman. Uh, and uh, I'm going blank now. Um, uh, Nyaman and Assad, Nyaman and Assad, Assad. Yes. as as the because we 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 all saw the lineup. We thought, okay, Assad's part of the front three. Um, but Assad started the game from kickoff as the left sided central midfielder with Kanaus the the guy deep. Uh, he and and Assad and Nyaman were in a line, and that was that that they kept the box. They just changed where the numbers were, and so instead of having a striker ahead of Roberta and Ariola in those defensive moments, they had a defensive midfielder underneath the rest of the box in canals. So um, that's an interesting, maybe a recurring theme for this team when they change it up is they still want that box of four to make sure that central midfield is unplayable for the other team. Um, and Lozada talked about, you know, that was kind of his thinking after the game. He highlighted the importance of NYCFC's defensive midfielders and what they do. And, to be to be honest, you know, I don't even know if I would say that DC was necessarily pinned back for very much of the game. Um, for a long spell of this game, they just made sure nothing was really happening. The game spent a lot of time in the middle third. It was only really into the second half, especially when, um, as we'll get into some of these substitutions, started to break up their rhythm and understanding of the game. And also, you know, DC started to show a little fatigue because it, not so much because of the short rest, I don't think, but because... NYCFC was doing a good job of keeping the ball um, and they just kept the ball moving and were willing to wait DC out to a certain extent, um, which is a smart thing for them to do on a hot day. Uh, it, it's the kind of, you know, NYCFC is very good. Unfortunately for DC, they're a very good team and they had that maturity to say, yes, we're trailing in front of our, some of our home fans, but we still, we can wait this thing out. We don't have to, push to equalize right away we can build up and build up and eventually we will chip away at them and they'll they'll give us something um and unfortunately they were good enough at doing that that dc did kind of run out of energy um even with the rotation which was i think a necessity given the schedule but also it comes with there there's a reason why some of these guys that rotated in weren't starting and you know maybe some of that is they aren't quite as good at uh this style of game 
as they are at plan a and you know dc eventually paid for it but it did take a while yeah i think it's worth noting um i mean yes nycfc very very good team but the equalizer came on a corner kick i think after united had to make two center back subs as a result of this including yeah. taking off frederick briant who is the guy who eats everything in the air in there and brendan heinzeich is no slouch either so lots of things influenced uh the outcome of this game it was it was you know it, it was unfortunate but ultimately nyc is a really really good team and united was very close to to coming okay. out with a result at the end i just want to throw out a little stat that i have tracked uh coming into this weekend um nycfc had nine set piece goals and no one else had more than four and even if you say okay well they they had that one game against cincinnati where they scored five say okay great but that still means they are tied with the the second best teams in the league if you take away their crazy outlier and also who else is scoring five set piece goals on fc cincinnati this year um so unfortunately i mean i i did I, yes. I, did. I mean, we all remember Ben's solo set piece goals. Uh, against it was really, Cincinnati. it was inspirational, yeah. honestly. And also confusing. Yeah. Um, it was confusing to see it in action, even knowing what was happening. It was still bizarre to see one person kick the ball into the box and then get in there and still manage to score. Performance um, art, some called it. Yes. Uh, from both sides. Uh, I think there's an FC I Cincinnati mean, performance art aspect to the, the way they go about it. I, mean, I, 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 I was, I was, I was both moved and scared by my, uh, by, by the artistry that I was putting forth there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, unfortunately for DC, they were kind of undone by uh, a team that is more clever on set piece design than just about anyone else. And also, uh, have some unexpected sources for height. You know, Keaton Parks, everyone talks about Keaton Parks as this tempo setting number eight. He's very talented. He gets into the box with late runs as well. He's got a lot of skill on the ball. His underlying data this year has been very impressive, but he's also like 6'3". He's built like a center back. Um, and so they're getting a Moses Nyaman kind of style of player, but they're also getting a big dude in the box. Um, at, at, they're getting a Moses Nyman player at a Fred Briant height. Or, or yeah, or like Nyman with it, another Nyman on his shoulders. It's two Nymans <laughs> right. in a trench coat. Is what right. Um, and so unfortunately for DC with the disorganization and the subs uh, that were not by choice, you know, it kind of opens up the risk to not necessarily being ready for some clever set piece design. And it was a good set piece. Um, it took some good execution from Parks. It's a difficult header, but um yeah it's a it's a shame but it's also a goal that i don't know that too many teams in the league are scoring D- dc for the record that was the third set piece goal they've conceded this year so it, it's kind of bang average when you look around other than cincinnati being way out in front of everyone um because they gave up five in one game and yopstam didn't get fired for it um which is i'm not going to get over for quite a while but anyway <laughs> um the game was ultimately decided deep into stoppage time DC United threw bodies forward for a corner kick very, very nearly uh, made it pay off. Paul Ariola got a good shot off, just uh, happened to hit it right by, at Sean Johnson. Uh, by MLS's data, the highest, uh, the highest XG of the entire game, that shot, um, uh, and which is not surprising because it's like a three yard out shot uh, from dead yep. center. Um, How? Go in. <laughs> 
big big i wish it had gone in because i i want i want the narrative to uh that dc united fans ha- have constructed to continue to go against uh sean johnson but he <sighs> he, well, he continued to exist unfortunately because all he really had to do was stand in the place yeah i don't know how much he knew about hit. that one yeah his face after the rebirth of goal though i i i understand why doyle gave face of the week to matias almeida after he got his yellow card on the sideline for the quakes but sean johnson's face after that goal was very much just what can you do <laughs> uh unfortunately he he continued to exist as Jason said and put his body in the right spot to to block Ariola's shot and then got out and threw the ball really hard and really fast to Tiago Andrade who ran really hard and really fast um fooled Donovan Pines into coming for the ball and then Ugh. going and then Tiago ran past him uh Pines actually did catch him up and then yeah. um forced a cutback so so that Tiago had to go to where there might have been help, but it wasn't enough. And he ended up beating uh, Bill Hamid to the far post uh, to win the game. It was, it was dramatic and terrible. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. uh, gotta be a foul uh, on Pines yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, you gotta, a, you gotta take him down. The, the thing is, if you watch the way the thing breaks out, he takes the wrong angle first. Like, so he makes a mistake yep. by taking the wrong angle. But once he makes that mistake and has the knowledge because he was cramping, um, Losada mentioned it. And if you're watching, if you go back and watch the game, you can see him around the 91st minute trying to stretch a cramp out during a goal kick. Uh, by the way, one thing DC didn't do, uh, if we want to link this back to the Montreal game real quick, Clement Diop throwing his gloves off, tying his shoes uh, in like the the first half or whatever it was when he started doing that. DC might have been able to use a little uh, it just bl- bald time wasted. Um, <laughs> yeah, that last that corner that they took, I thought they were going to spend a good 30 seconds standing over the ball before they took it, and they just, the, the, Gressel just didn't. They, 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 need some, they need to go to the CONCACAF School of Dark Arts and, and, and just pull out some of those tricks at some point. Yeah, there's a there's a phase of the mid second half when the game started to get away from them that they should have been w- willing to waste more time. Um, after they gave up the first goal, I think it, I'm actually like, well, look, Losada has told this team to go for the win, so I get it. I wrote about this on the site. I kind of accept that this outcome was possible if you're going to be the team that's still going for it. And they, like we just talked about, probably should have gotten the winner. Um, they did the, the the going for it thing. Gave them two of the three shots after the Keaton Parks goal. Um, Ariola had one that went wide, and then he had a great chance to win it, just didn't execute. Um, but I think there's a phase in the game where they needed to buy themselves some time by time wasting. Um, and after the goal, might have also been willing to still going for it, but not going for it so recklessly. Um, but yeah, in any case, uh Pines cramping up there. It's really impressive that he caught up. Every, I saw some takes that was like, you know, Tiago is so much faster than everyone else. It's like, well, Pines caught him. So yeah. how much faster really is he? An inj- or I should say a cramping Donovan Pines caught him. Um, but yeah, at midfield, you've just got to like put your hand on the guy's shoulder and heave him into the sidelines, like send him flying. And then, you know, the red or, or grab his shirt or do whatever. I'm just picturing Donovan um, Pines picking him up in Tiago's legs. Or just, just or literally running just underneath grabbing him. him and lifting him off the ground yeah. so he can no yep. longer run. Yeah, um, exactly. And then, but with one hand, like very cartoonish. That's, that's yeah. what I want to and, see in my mind. And then you just accept, you know, the referee's going to come over. You're definitely getting a card. It might be red. 
uh, at midfield, maybe you that's get away. fine. Right. But at that point in the game, you say, all right, <laughs> fair yeah. enough. Um, you take that card. Um, and that to me is the bigger thing. And I understand uh, what Pines was thinking because he's, he, he took that bad angle thinking maybe he can win the ball back and push it back. It's, it's a more of this, let's go for it. Let's try and win the game. Um, but in that moment, let's win the game is no longer on the table. Once that shot hit uh, Johnson in the chest and didn't get picked up by any other DC player, it stops being about let's win the game because you're in the last right. minute of stoppage time. It becomes what can I, what is the one thing I can do right now to make sure we don't lose the game? And that is, you know, you might have well, to push someone down. And I think that's an, exp- it, it, I think that may be an experience thing. I mean, I feel like Brendan Heinz makes that foul. Uh, Fred Briant makes that foul. Steven Birnbaum makes that foul. Bobby Boswell has already fouled Tiago 18 times before he even yeah. gets there. Uh, the, the statue of Bobby Boswell would be of, of him committing a tactical foul to protect a 1-1 draw on the road, I think. I, 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 I could see, like, yeah, just like having a great I, time knocking someone over. Like in my mind, like Ryan Nelson was like trying to run down and and commit that foul uh, in in his uh, jacket and shirt sleeves uh, uh, from from the uh, uh, announcing booth from the Montreal game. Somehow time traveling <laughs> and then coming down and trying to commit that foul. Mm-hmm. Such so was his desire. Hopefully, hopefully Donovan Pines learns from that. It sucks that his learning opportunity cost the team uh points but hopefully he learns that sometimes you just gotta do the cynical thing and take him down there's a reason it's cynical like yeah there's a reason cynical things like that happen um we've mentioned it a few times forced subs uh injury forced subs in this one moses nyman came out in the first half Brennan Heinzeit came off at halftime and, and Fred Briant, who a lot of us thought would come out at halftime after he took a big knock in the first half. Um, he came out later in the second half uh, and then Donovan Pines was cramping. So, you know, your your central midfield starlet who can set the tempo and and unleash the attack. And then all three center backs were, were basically hobbled in this one, at least all three starting center backs. Um Tony Alfaro and Andy Nahar came in to, to finish this one out. Um, but they, those two guys are not playing the same way necessarily as, as Fred Briant and Brendan Heinzeich. Um, so it was not necessarily like for like all the way across the board. Um, and that also meant that like, I think Briant was the last sub uh, for of the five, you know, I'm, I'm grateful in this situation for the five subs because that's why United were yeah. still in it and playing with 11 men. Um, but those injuries meant that when Donovan Pines was cramping at the end, you can't put a fresh body on for him right. because all five subs were already used. It was, it was and, tough. And it also, it also meant that, you know, one of the things that Losaba has seen to do when his team has needed energy somewhere is to add that energy towards the front so that he can get back on the pressing foot. And when you look at who are the unused subs in this game, they're John Kempen, Griffin Yao, Ola Kamara, and Jordi Reyna. So guys that could have freshened the team up, either in attacking roles or in Yao's case, out on the right, where Julian Gressel had to start three games in eight days, and in the third one, go 90. I'm I'm almost certain that they were not planning on having him play more than 70 to 75 minutes. Um just out of a, you know, the wing back is the hardest role on this team. You have to cover so much ground. Let's not ask 
uh, a guy to, to start twice and then play 90 in the third game if we don't have to. Um, unfortunately, they ended up having to. Uh, they don't really – there's not really anyone else within the group that could have cycled out there without opening up a different problem. You know, you can play Nahar there, but then you just brought him in to play in the back. Who do you play in the back then? So um, they ran into a pretty substantial problem with that, and it's it's kind of a weird one. It's kind of unfortunate. Um, I don't think it was supposed to go this way. I don't think they wanted to have the final 21 minutes with just no subs left to, to use. Um, the Nyaman situation is curious. We'll have to find, maybe we'll find out more about it. Maybe we won't. Um, you know, that Losada even mentioned that the Joseph Mora substitution, he made that one because of the card. He, Mora was fine, but because he picked up the card and because how dangerous uh, NYCFC is down their right side, um, he felt that it was too dangerous if uh, for Mora potentially picking up a second yellow, doing a tactical foul or whatever. Um, so that's one more that gets taken off, uh, get, gets eliminated from DC. And it maybe, you know, Kevin Paredes can play on both wings. Maybe this would have been a game where he played on the right instead of Vial. Uh, I don't know. But uh, yeah, this was a, it was a real tough one to manage because all the, all the chances you get to really alter the game end up, getting taken away uh, without you really even getting a, much of a say yeah. in it. The, the only, you know, what, what's the sub that the, the sub that they chose to make was Perez for Assad. That's the only elective sub that he got to make in the entire game. Um, and that's, and that, but that is going back to my point. That is him saying like, let's switch to a front three. Um, let's switch out of this midfield thing and try and press from the front now. So he and did he do the most he energetic just, guy out there. Right. But he, he only had the one chance to do it and he still did it, but you know, it would have been nice, I think for the team that wants to play this way to be able to make subs to support playing that way, rather than saying like, well, all of our other moves are, you know, they've been predetermined. I don't think we can call the, these injury force subs, a, a victim of lack of rotation either. Nyman didn't play. He didn't start anyway. He didn't get major minutes in, in all three games. Frederick Briant certainly didn't. This was the only game of the three that he played. Uh, Brennan heinz was a mystery sub at halftime. I don't think anyone expected him to, to come out there. Uh, we're not sure what's going on with him either at this point. So um, I don't know. Maybe there was an, an issue with the, the team's meal beforehand. Like there's a million things you can speculate. I don't know. Right. Because um, Heinzeich didn't seem to be having any physical problems. Um, well, it, it was, I don't think anyone was thinking he might have to come off. We were all right. thinking Briant might have to come off. Exactly. Um, and, and in fact, maybe they were going to take him off. And then they came in the locker room and Heinzeich was like, I, I literally can't run anymore. Um, and Briant was like, well, I can run a little longer. Uh, it might've been something as simple as that. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough, but, but um as we've said a few times now, NYCFC are a very good team. Um, by by some metrics, the best team in MLS. Um, if you go by AS uh, American Soccer Analysis's numbers, uh, they they've certainly, like DC United, been underperforming their their underlying metrics. And you know, you expect them to start moving up the table from their fourth place spot right now. Um, but but this loss actually completes DC United's set. They've now managed to to have very close losses against all five of the current uh top five teams in the mls eastern conference well, yeah. um and and you were you were bringing that up in our in our uh, uh slack channel and hopefully that means that especially after the uh gold cup break maybe dc united can start to get some momentum against some 
teams that are not uh, as often in the top five of the Eastern Conference. Well, and, there's there's uh, so many games. To They're going to rack up some points against some worse teams and, and start to show that, hey, when we – uh, we have the opportunity to play uh, not just the the buzzsaw of the top teams. We can actually uh, put some goals and some points on the board. Yeah, they, their other loss, they have six losses. The other one came to San Jose, who are now kind of a tire fire. But at the time, were, I think, leading the West, or at least in the top they two. They were like the, at least top two or three, yeah. Yeah, in the West. They, they looked really good at that point, and it was very much a case of, San Jose has been playing this chaos pressing system for two and a half years now. Um, and DC United was brand new to it at the time. So, I mean, that's, that's one of those things that you see. And Jason, I know you wanted to speak to that as well. Yeah. I mean, when you look at, when you look at these games, we're talking about NYCFC being so good and some of these other losses DC has had against the other teams that are good in the East. And when I say that, I mean, I'm very distinctly talking about four teams because there's four and then there's the rest of us. Um, And those teams are NYCFC, Philadelphia, Orlando, and New England. And when you look at how those games played out, because they're all close, all of those games are tough losses to take. Um, the, The loss to the Union, really, they had one good moment in the entire game that they ended up winning the game on. Orlando, we know, parked the bus very obviously, very openly. Um, the New England game is decided by DC scoring an own goal and New England having almost the same play, but it hits the post instead. Um, there's kind of a recurring theme here and it comes back to just how early we are in this process with Lozada. I was thinking about this earlier and it's kind of like DC is still learning the theory. They're, they're pretty far along, but they are still, they've still got some work to do. They're in like junior year of college in their, their major of, pressing the hell out of everybody all the time. Uh, And these other teams have all had a couple years or more under their respective coaches. And so they're kind of already, these are maybe the TAs in their classes. These are folks that are taking grad courses uh, about, you know, getting close to finishing their PhDs up and going into that field. Um, They are further along. And I think that, that the reason it's a recurring theme with DC is that those teams have more of a grounding in what it is they're doing and they can find ways to win as a result of that. They're, they're on more stable footing because they understand this is all right. in this situation, our way of playing means X or our way of being way of playing means Y Uh, DC is the picture's fuzzy. They're starting to make out the outlines of these things, but it's a little fuzzy. Um, And so we get caught in games like this where it's almost and they're under pressure for a little too long. They're, they're not able to quite keep up with NYCFC or not able to quite find a breakthrough against New England, who are just basically sitting back and hoofing it and hoping that worked, um, or solve the Orlando bunker, um, or, you know, culpable or capable of losing on, you know, one single play from Philadelphia, that Montero pass that Shabilko scored on. Um, in this game, DC got the big play, uh, you know, they made, they had the one big play. Um, they just couldn't make it stand up for long enough. And I think some of that just comes from, you know, there's still some finer points that are not quite being grasped. And I think it comes down to the finer points here are how do you maintain this attack and be brave and try and win the games, which everyone likes. Like I, I don't want the team to take that down even one notch, 
but how do you within that still keep yourself in a structure where you're not exposing yourself too much and giving your giving too much away and i think this is one where dc gave a little too much away but they are when you compare those games all these losses to the best teams in the east they're getting closer this was much closer than the Orlando game, where as much as DC played, they did a lot right. They also didn't really trouble Pedro Gaese in that game. This game, they scored. They, as we've talked about, they created a chance to win the game in stoppage time. Um, they took the they took the goal on the chin, the Parks goal on the chin, and actually sprung back and still had some emotional ability to find that last little bit of energy left in their legs to try and win the game. So there's a lot of progress there, but they still weren't able to manage the game correctly um, within the framework. That, and I think that that's their control of that framework is just a little bit behind the rest of the teams in the East. They're also less talented than those teams, but they, but I think they've mitigated that in a lot of ways. What they haven't mitigated is just this little bit extra of the experience within what they're trying to do. Well, and look, looking at the schedule going forward and they've had, five games against these top four teams in the first about third of a season in the remaining two thirds of the season, they have six more games against these teams. So they have, again, they have a lot of time to pick up, uh, to pick up points against the Chicago's and the uh, Cincinnati's and the Toronto's of, of the Eastern conference. And so hopefully the ability to rack up points against those teams and get better against the new England's and the Orlando's and especially the Orlando's and just really, I need them to beat the Orlando's uh, <laughs> of this league down the road. But, but the, the, the brief thing I would add to that is that that is really good news. I hadn't even looked at that. So that's a really good point um, that I hadn't thought about just how many easy games comparatively speaking, but they do have to actually make it happen in those games. And yes. that's kind of, um, if we think of another past game, the game against Chicago, uh, really shouldn't have been so difficult. They made that Chicago game quite difficult. They almost threw it away uh, with the um, Fabian Herbers header that would have, I think, changed the dynamic of uh, Z Soccer Podcast quite a bit um, <laughs> that, he, that he couldn't quite finish. So um, it is, it's nice to have that many games against the teams that are struggling in your back pocket, but we do kind of have an unproven track record on can DC actually bring their, I mean, yes, they did it to Miami once, but then they made hard work out of that second Miami game. So can they turn what they're doing right against the good teams? Can they bring that to bear against the bad teams and actually kind of make it easy on themselves? We we shouldn't be seeing them have a tough night against a Chicago fire or inter Miami. Yeah, other than the the three nothing win against Miami, we haven't seen this team both create the chances and finish the chances at, at volume, which mm-hmm. is where this team wants to go. They don't. We we know from what he said and the way he has the team playing that Losada does not want to be a one nothing win every game one nothing kind of team. He wants this team to go out and win games, score multiple goals. And if they keep a clean sheet, great, but that's not the focus. Um so Ben, you mentioned Toronto. We have them coming up on Saturday. Uh given all that we've seen over the last few weeks, knowing that they have a a proper week rhythm coming into this game, no no midweek game and then a bye week to follow it. 
who do you guys want to see on the field in this one? Because there, there's some questions at a few spots now, I think, that you can you can ask. Um, I feel like I want to see uh, primarily the the – uh, the people we saw at the beginning of this three-game uh, uh, streak. I actually do want to see Ola Kamara. Uh, I think his – I know that he's controversial, but, I mean, he puts goals in the back of the net. And um, I liked what Roberta did, but it, to me, a lot of the criticism that people levy at Ola Kamara is at least as uh, applicable to – Nigel Robertha at this point. Uh, and so, and, and Ola Kamara has done it in MLS. So I want to see him back on the field. Um, I want to see more Yamil Assad. I, 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 especially if he has the opportunity not to play in a box, but to really get uh, attacking and get forward. Um, yeah, I want to see see the attacking players uh, go for it and really kind of combine uh, the best parts of the uh, beginning of this run with uh, who's proved themselves further down the down the down the road. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm I'm largely with Ben. I I do think as much as I saw plenty of like after the rebirth, right after the rebirth goal, a lot of well, he's now the starter uh, takes. I would I would. Co- point people to go back and watch the game from the 10th minute onward. Um, And then maybe if you really want to do the homework, go watch the last couple of games Kamara played and see who's, who's having a bigger impact in the game Um, because Roberta did kind of disappear. Like I liked what I saw, but I also don't want to get too far ahead of myself because you score one goal early. That's great. But what about the rest of the game? Um, And DC needed something a little more consistent out of him. Um, I think it should be a competition for sure. Um, I don't think Kamara has locked down the spot or anything, but I think if it's me right no. now, I'm still leaning towards Kamara, um, at least for the time being. I want to see Roberta, you know, show that he can do this on a consistent basis, and right now we don't have that. Um, the other position I want to highlight is that if if we're assuming the front three comes back, which I think is a safe one, um, DC's not playing NYCFC on the road uh, in their next game, so or their next couple of games. Um, I do have some questions about whether Adrian Perez continues to start there because it has been, he's kind of faded in his ability to influence games. And I also have a little, I have concerns about how you balance in that front three. How do you balance the group? If you've got Kamara and Roberto competing to be your finisher, Ariola's your, your effort guy, your force multiplier with all of his hard work, that third role shouldn't be just a similar player, just not quite as good. But that's kind of what Perez is doing. He he's very good at helping the other players on the team combine and and make them look better. But like we already have that guy, um, that guy's already in the lineup, and we already know he's going to be in the lineup if he's healthy. Um, I would like to see that position be a little more up for grabs. Whether that's Yamil Assad um, getting another chance to play where maybe where he's a little better. Uh, whether that's Jordi Reyna, who I thought also showed some things in that Miami game, showed some cleverness that we haven't gotten maybe. Maybe his pressing isn't as high conviction as some of the rest of the guys, but the cleverness he brings on the ball adds a different element that the front three doesn't doesn't have otherwise. So um, as long as Edison Flores, who I think will still, I think that's going to be a little too early for him uh, to get back in the lineup just yet. Um, if he's not involved, then I do kind of want to see Reyna and Assad, whoever wins that competition, get 
get their shot at giving us a more diverse front three rather than something that's a little more redundant with Paris, who has who's been fine. It's just, you know, we've already got the better version of him in the lineup. And I don't necessarily think that this team is posing enough complicated problems because they aren't quite clever enough without something different in that third spot. Yeah, I agree with all of that. Um, assuming he's he's okay to go, I also want to see Moses Nyman back in. Yes. I think this team has yes. – he can get forward and is much more dangerous with him in the lineup. I think Felipe's played really well, mm-hmm. honestly, but I want to see Nyman ahead of him at this point. And Canals is obviously the lockdown yeah. first. Like right. He's basically the first name on the team sheet after Bill Hamid. <laughs> One thing I will throw in is that Junior Moreno should be back. So that second – that whoever that second player is in central midfield, there's going to be real competition there because you've got three guys who have something that they've done recently that they can claim, you know, Moreno before he left for Copa America had two of his best games in like a year and a half for DC. Um, Felipe was maybe the only player for DC that seemed to have the idea of managing the game in his head um, against NYCFC. If you look at his passing numbers, they were way, I think it was like 93% passing accuracy he was trying to keep a tempo that married the two ideas DC had in their head of let's try and keep the ball, let that do some work, but also let's go for the win. Um, So he deserves some credit for that. It's not as spectacular, but I think he did a good job of that when he got on the ball. It's just that when everyone else got on the ball, there was a lot of direct stuff. Um, But Nyaman is Nyaman. And I've talked plenty about uh, how he needs to play more. Um, He did really well until he ran out of gas. So yeah, I think, that's a spot that's absolutely up for grabs. Uh, and you know, the good news, I don't see a bad option in there. Um, so it's not right. like I'm going to be like mad. I'm going to look at the lineup and be like, what, what is this? Um, I'm going to be able to figure out the logic behind it pretty much any of the ways. But, you know, I do kind of prefer Nyaman just because he's a DC homegrown and has like his sky, the sky's the limit for him. Yeah, I think... It- yeah, absolutely. I think there's some questions at, at center back that we can ask too, but in the interest of time, uh, we will just have to wait and see what how those play out. Uh, thank you all for listening to this episode. Be sure to uh, join us for our next one where when we'll talk to Kristen Knowles from The Vocal Minority. If you are a Patreon subscriber uh, or a Patreon supporter of this podcast, you will get that uh, that episode early, probably by the time you're listening to this, you will have access to it at patreon.com slash filibuster. And if you want access to it, that's where you can go. Patreon.com slash filibuster. If you want other DC United content from the three of us and the rest of the folks at Black and Red United, then blackandredunited.com is where you should go. You can also find us on Twitter at filibusterdcu for the podcast, at blackandredu for the website. Send your emails to filibusterpodcast at gmail.com. I think we may have another Twitter box episode coming up in the next week or two so uh start thinking about those questions send them to us on twitter or by email uh we'll put the call out when when that's official um download subscribe rate review wherever you get your podcasts please give us nice reviews and five star reviews i'm told those are really helpful i also really really like it when you tell a friend about the show word of mouth is always the best advertising and uh so we really appreciate anyone who spreads the word about filibuster for jason and ben i'm adam and we'll talk to you again real soon say goodbye jason i'm gonna have i'm gonna ask ben i don't know if he's gonna do it i'm gonna ask ben to put a video that i'm gonna share with him in the show notes i just hope people click on it it's about something i talked about in freedom kicks recently and about the song sandstorm 
until the very end there, that was your worst goodbye, Jason. <laughs> but Sandstorm saved it. Thank you.